As you may know, the cinematic universe weaves storylines and heroes and villains across 23 feature films to date. And with Disney Plus, we're able to extend this way of storytelling to a new format, creating series that are connected to our theatrical releases, making the MCU more immersive than ever. There's a lot of new content coming from Marvel Studios, so let's get started. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of March 7th, 2021. This is episode 125. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, 20th Century, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. So, I actually put out two surveys this week on the Twitter for people to respond to. First one was which upcoming Marvel uh, Marvel Disney Plus project are you looking forward to the most? Choices were Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Loki, or something else for the people to list. 100% of the people who voted unanimously said Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Thank you, thankfully for all of you. That is the next one coming in two weeks a week actually from this point almost a week so you don't have to wait long the other other one that i had out there since we're sticking with the marvel theme what are your thoughts or what were your thoughts on the season finale of wandavision so the last episode of the whole season how the season wrapped up either you loved it it was all right disappointing or didn't even bother fair amount of you voted on this one and didn't even bother no results no one picked that one thankfully eight percent said disappointing i'm sorry to hear that i'm disappointed to hear that you're disappointed but there's only eight percent of you 17 percent said it was all right 17 percent thought it was all right you know what Okay, at least he gave it a try, and it means you didn't hate it. You thought it was all right. It was, it was okay. You were expecting more, and that's the problem with an epic story build like this, is that sometimes your expectations get so, so worked up and so just over, you get so into it and thinking that's going to go one direction. If it goes a different direction, it kind of is a letdown, and I get that. I get it. But you know what? At least again. You didn't hate it. 75% though, a resounding 75% loved it. And I am in that group. I definitely, I love this one. Um, I, I liked how it turned out. It wasn't what you were expecting. You thought it was going to go one way and it got went a slightly different way. And it kind of left you hanging at the end because that's what it was meant to be and meant to do. Unfortunately, like I've, I've been saying, you were supposed to only wait a few weeks for Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness to come out to continue the story going. We have to wait a year. We have to wait a year. But you know what? We did it for Infinity War. We've done it with other ones. We could do it again. So that's, that's where we're at. So we'll be back after these messages from our friends and sponsors but, but before let me just paraphrase let you know there was a glitch in the recording with uh, isaac kind of how this whole episode got split in two in the middle of recording my power went out and so we may say a few funny things or may repeat ourselves but yeah my power went out able to get reconnected and had to start recording again after a few minutes but uh, so in case of it sounds a little odd at the beginning uh, from last week's episode, that's why not a big deal. And uh, yeah, so now we'll be back after these messages from our friends and sponsors. 
Well, hello there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the Disney Marvels podcast. If you have a little bit of free time and you'd like to check out something a little bit different, I encourage you to listen to the Chat Disney podcast. My name is Mercedes and I am one half of the Chat Disney podcast. Myself and my friend Tash are both based in the UK and we give a female British view on all things Disney from parks, movies and even more. Check out the Chat Disney podcast at chatdisney.co.uk. And now on with the show. So basically, um, you know, during around the TCA meeting, um, uh, he uh, a reporter did ask Feige about uh, about the, the shows uh, returning, uh, the ABC and Netflix shows kind of returning uh, back to Marvel in, in a sense in terms of shows like Shield, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, um, and vice versa. And then he kind of pushed back on one, I guess, a basically kind of pushed back on the idea of how how those shows would fit and if there were fans and if they were considered successful. And he and he goes into to quote and say that he thinks there are legions of Shield fans, Daredevil fans, Jessica Jones fans, Luke Cage fans. With a disagree with you on the terms of, of success or not, and they said there's a very big fan base for the show. So, Feige has also previously noticed and you know mentioned that uh, what what that will happen with those shows in terms of the contracts coming, which he then goes to say uh, that it um, that it I'm not exactly sure the exact contracts, but perhaps someday that he'll probably end up. Um, be able to work with some contracts, which we'd say um, that that's bollocks, but you know, whatever. Uh, so you know, it, it, let's throw out a very interesting question in terms of that, because um, then again, Jeff Loeb ran was holding those shows until he was eventually let go after a decade with all those shows. But how how do you think? Now that they got in kind of these properties back and on under one roof, do you see them integrating any of or all of these characters from the Netflix ABC side into the MCU? And if that is honestly the case, do you think they're going to be completely different characters with no real past history of their previous shows? Um. So, just to kind of clarify things for the for the listeners, these shows were produced by Marvel Television. Correct. Yes. Not Marvel Studios. Two under, completely separate entities. Under Jeff Loeb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel's Television has now been defunct. Gone. Um. Netflix had the rights for approximately two years yep. after the um, the cancellation of those shows, which well, at that said point, ideally you could say they were a little bit longer because I think when was Disney Disney Plus was mentioned what, a couple of years ago, like what three four years ago before before now I think it was it was always in the plan so yeah. Um, so multiple years until it re- the rights reverted back to right. uh, back to Marvel. Mm-hmm. So everyone's estimating that we've hit such points. Now, um, Feige's answer on that is is quite interesting because he kind of also plays coy that he he doesn't you know oh, well I don't know fully about the contracts or, or something something along those lines he was saying. He knows, yeah. He, he got um, waiting to get those contracts back. <laughs> yeah. So, so he uh, he's not letting on to anything there. Um, but he, he does say, and I think one of the interesting things, he does bring up the fact that he is aware that there is a fan base for them and that there is a popularity for them. Right. And 
I I take it that he did not see them as failures. On on the big end, on the on the on the larger scope of things, they're not failures. And that they uh, that there is a popularity that there you know there's a want for those characters. Uh, maybe the failure he sees in either production or the storylines that were being used. But on a whole, I don't think he sees them as a failure. As for them being part of the MCU, from what I remember hearing when Daredevil and the like came out, they were connected to the MCU. Not directly, but they were connected. Because there is events and there is there is stuff that happens that is related to the things that happen in the movies. I think in the Defenders specifically. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I never got around to watching the Defenders. I watched all the first season, part of the second season, Daredevil, watched a good chunk of Jessica Jones, and that's kind of where I teetered off. Um, I have to get back to those if I can. Because I, I was enjoying them. Um, I, I really like Kristen Ritter's uh, actress. Uh, so, it, you know, and um, the guy who they played playing Murdoch was brilliant in the Charles fact that he, yeah, he got recognized from um, the Association of the Blind for his portrayal of a visually handicapped person. Um, it just goes to speak to the level of his his um, dedication to the the craft and the work. So. Um, I would love to see those people, same casting, reintegrated into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Except I, I think it would be a brilliant idea. Let's bring in Daredevil into She-Hulk. Why not? It, 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 you know, have them either have a special episode where they're they're presenting a case against each other, um, and then next moment they're they're fighting a bad guy together. Yeah. Uh, So I think Feige's looking at it, but he's not—he's not saying anything, other than you can—he's playing coy. It's again, you have to read between those lines, where uh, he knows more than he's telling us. And, and Feige's oh, yeah, great for course. that. Of course, of course he knows. He, Feige's great for that. He I mean, probably like really has an idea exactly how he wants to use those characters, and he's just kind of keeping it tight lab at the moment. Yeah. So. Um. It, it it kind of reverts back to the the whole thing where people were talking about how the rights to Hulk and Namor are back to the MCU. Marvel's never officially acknowledged any of that. No. Um, and kind of the same thing here with, I mean, Shield was theirs. Uh, that that was ABC, that was Marvel Television, that was all pretty much in house. Where the Defender uh, group that was shared that was farmed out to Netflix. Turn out to Netflix is still under ABC Studios, right? But it, it's a share ownership with Netflix, so Marvel doesn't have full control of over that. So we're assuming that, that, again, this is something where they're not fully coming out saying, "Yeah, we have the, the full control of these characters back." We're assuming they do, and most likely they do, but they're not—they're not showing their hand yet. No, no, of course. Um, no, but, sure. I think it's going to take a while to the, again to how they yeah. sit down and, and put. And I kid- think they want to see what's going on with what they're working on first before they revisit these. Um, but I hope, um, in my little fanboy world that they just kind of pick up where they left off, particularly with the some of these same casting, because I think their casting again mm-hmm. was was really well done. Yeah. Um with particularly mostly I know some people weren't as crazy with Iron Fist. Um and I don't know I don't think that was as much the actor as again it was the script that was handed to him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I think they're going to bring. I think they they're going to bring those characters back. Um, I think they're going to find a way to fit those in. I just don't think 
uh, that being said, I think whatever is the, uh, I, I think the Netflix version of that is is completely dead. It's its own thing. It's yeah. It's its own thing. It's it, it's it's in its own universe. Because um, you know, as you paid attention, they really have like it again. It doesn't really make sense how all these smaller local heroes could be in New York and not really mention or even convey anything that happened into the events of the first Avengers film. So, you know, like none of that. Uh, they only, they, they try to do that with, with Daredevil, but clearly they just, they, they, you clearly, because of the issues, they try to have to taper that story away off. So uh, and it's, it's the same thing that happened with agents of shield agents of shield was supposed to run right. parallel with the, the movies. And they tried that in the first two, three seasons and then they tailored off. Yeah, and then okay, well, you you had um, Lady Sif show up once or twice, and that that really that after that point they said they threw their hands up and said, you know what, ah, forget it, yeah, We're our own thing now. Yep. So I they they tried it, but it, it at the end of the day it didn't work. Again, I think just like you said, there were two different things, and I think like Marvel TV was trying to communicate with Marvel Studios and they just couldn't seem to get along in, in that fracture. Now that, again, everything's under one house, I think they're going to try to redo it again. But yeah, I, I hope they don't really um, not cast any of the characters, you know. I really hope they re, re, bring back a lot of those actors because I really did enjoy... I honestly did enjoy all of them, even even the Iron Fist act, actors and actresses that were on that show as well. And I, I, I think there's opportunity to figure a way how to integrate that. Like, I'm very curious to see how they're, they're going to like integrate like an Iron Fist, because now that you have Shang-Chi kind of out, Shang-Chi's going to be next. And I think rightfully so. I think they're going to... Mm-hmm. You know, to have a first Asian, uh, you know, it was an Asian production, Asian cast, Asian director um, doing that film and not going with Iron Fist for, you know, weird cultural reasons. I think that'd be good, but I definitely would like to see how they would integrate an Iron Fist. Maybe he meets up with a Shang-Chi down the road or something like that. I think that'd be quite interesting. But yeah, I, I think that would be totally, totally cool. I think one character that still is in question right now would be how would he in- introduce the Punisher, because I think the Punisher is a little bit of a lot more of a hardcore situation, and if they were to do an episode, would they, or I, I don't know how they would do his character, if they would either bring back Jonathan Berthold's character, but if that were to be the case, would would they just say, hey, we're going to bring the Punisher more into the movie realm of such movie realm of situations and kind of bump his role up or do they still see him more as a television character at the moment because i also like i liked his character too as, as a Punisher. he he played a really good Punisher man in terms of and his... that actor has quite a following um particularly since his appearance from the walking dead yep. and he just he plays that character so well and and someone else i wanted to bring up was um vincent uh D'Onofrio, who oh, played Fisk. Of William Fisk? Oh my god, I loved his character in William Fisk. I loved his character. I hope they bring his character back in that form, because he plays a very integral part in both, not in Daredevil. He's more Daredevil, but he also plays a little bit of an integral part in Spider-Man, too. Uh, as a kid growing up, I always kind of related uh, William Fisk's Kingpin to more Spider-Man, not... Same here. Um, but, but Clearly, that that those revolves have reversed, but yeah, Vincent Del Frio's character was fantastic in that. Like they they have to bring that character back. They have to bring his character back as William Fisk. I hope to fit into, into the larger scope of things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, I. It, I really hope they don't step away from that casting because if those shows got anything right, it's a casting. Yeah, it's a casting. I agree. I, I, um, I agree. Which is kind of why you don't want to wait on that too long because the longer you wait on it, the more these actors go on to other projects and just move away from yeah this stuff. And so we're already talking; it's been a few years. Yeah. 
No, you're right. You're absolutely right, though. But it's it's kind of weird. It's like, it's like I haven't really other like out of everybody of that group. I think the only people I've seen really really was work were um, Mike Coulter's character because uh, he, he's on that show on CBS, and then um, and uh, the one who played uh, uh, Missy Missy Knight. Uh, She's on that. Both, both, both actors are on are on CBS on totally different shows. Um, she's in that court show. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, if you, 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 do you know what I'm talking about in terms of uh, was it Missy? It, was it Missy? Oh, oh man, now now it's gonna run. <laughs> that it's a, it's that court case show. It, uh, oh god. Uh, I, I probably do. I'm just not thinking of it off the top of my head. Uh, Who was the actress? Uh, uh, Simone, uh, Simone Missick. She played uh, Missy Knight, Missy Knight, uh, from Luke Cage. Uh, Simone... uh, Luke Cage. I was in the wrong show. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. She she played. Uh, she's in that All Rise show from CBS. There we go. Yes, that court show. So yeah. Other than the, uh, out of those two actors. Everybody else I haven't really seen in other forms of work. That's not to say that they're not. I haven't seen Finn Jones in a while. We know that Mahershali's moved on to bigger, better things. <laughs> Real bigger, better things. Um, so, yeah, other than that, we haven't really seen a, a lot of that uh, casket. Uh, Jessica Henwick, too. Everybody loves her for Colleen Wing. So, uh, yeah, we haven't seen the rest of that cast in. Uh, move on. Also, Rosario Dawson. I don't think she's coming back as Night Nurse anytime soon. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> she's also she's got another commitment right now. Yeah, she has, has another commitment. Uh, so yeah, I think they have the more. I, I I do think that Kevin Feige has all those actors on speed dial in some form or way. I just don't know if we're gonna get the same gritty stories in terms of um, fitting in with the more PG form of the MCU. Speaking of going into another interesting segue, um, uh, Kevin Feige also talked about uh, could uh, MC, could they be filming more R-rated films? He also mentioned in Donut TCA meeting um, that uh, they had, and, 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 and paraphrasing this, um, that they actually have no issue of uh, really going uh, 13, um, not really going into the rated R situation, as they did mention that um, uh, they are going to be making a Deadpool 3 movie that will be rated R, as remember, because this is Deadpool 3 was a part of uh, 20th Century Fox. And he also, actually, I can even read out the quote where he basically says, We have never been held back buy it on not in terms of not making uh, rated r films and he says if we uh, if we ever are then currently certainly there could be a discussion to be had but that just hasn't been the case so it seems like they're op- disney that the house of mouse is open to the idea of a rated r film i mean what, what are your feelings in terms of that of trying to incorporate rated r into uh to the mcu starting off with deadpool um and then other films move forward this is actually not a new thing because going back several years wherever um even before the the fox acquisition really took place but when deadpool was coming out and you know people were bugging feige then about you know, you know, this is a Marvel character and it's been rated, you know, they made a rated R movie. You know, how do you feel about that? And then they, you know, came out with Logan, which was also rated R. And that kind of gets pushed to the side, but Logan was rated R. Hmm. Um, so you've, you've now had three rated R Marvel movies under Fox, but not, uh, but people just don't see it separately in that aspect because it still bears the Marvel banner. And Feige said, I don't have a problem with it. You know, what we choose to do over here, being, you know, keeping a PG-13 is what we do. 
unless if we find a reason that it needs to be rated R to tell the proper story. And I, I think that's the key thing. He's not going to make a rated R movie to make a rated R movie. No, that's very He's going to make a rated R movie if the story needs it to be. And that that is very, very true. I think what people are concerned about is because now that, you know, like Deadpool is swinging back into the fences and, you know, let's be honest, the success has been, not to say that movies like Deadpool has been successful, but not probably in the same level as what DC has. And a lot of big fans are kind of concerned that that maybe the, the end up toning those films down a bit just because they they care about the profit margins of trying to get more families involved into the PG because of PG-13 and how much money they made. So you can understand how fans are a little concerned or are, are you going to still, like you said, mention, keep to that character, uh, basically keep it organic to what there's what those characters are worked in. You know, like 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 what we mentioned about bringing the Punisher back, because again, Punisher is a he's a brutal character, and he they they need to display that kind of brutality. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I I don't know if we're ever going to see a Punisher film on Disney Plus. Is basically what I'm getting at. You know, in that situation, so. out of the what two that have been made already, two three that have been made. Um, yeah. No, those would end up on Hulu. Um, let's not forget, though, that there is a darker side to Marvel that people just don't want to remember or realize. Because there was the whole Marvel Night series that they did many years ago. Exactly, yes. And that was that was grit. That was, that was you know... <sighs> The dark side of Marvel, um, but with the characters that we know, that you know, with Iron Man and stuff, and but they just they they just pushed the boundaries of the story, in in not watered it, not saying watered it down to to make it PG thirteen, but there they allowed it to expand stories. into a a um, mm-hmm. to the next level. Yeah, a lot more of a mature feel yeah. where. Like, again, like we mentioned, was Netflix. Netflix. You could argue that Netflix kind of was in that Marvel Knights territory of just more grittier, more mature content storytelling with those characters. Yeah, like you you had Daredevil. I mean, you saw Daredevil bludgeon people. Yeah. Um, you, you, but in some ways, and I think this is where Feige was going. Like, let's, particularly let's focus on Jessica Jones. Because I think her story benefited the most from not having the restriction. You know, you got to understand her character and her character's pains and issues that she deals with. Because you didn't have, you didn't hold yourself back to having to make a PG-13 project. Um and think you know back to the marvel knights you know talking about tony stark's addictions um instead of just mentioning them and kind of getting a glimpse at them like we did in the the iron man movies giving yourself the freedom to actually explore a superhero that unfortunately has a drug problem yeah, I, I, I feel like they really didn't touch on a lot of that affair. And yeah, I feel like they haven't really touched a lot of that on Iron Man once, which I was kind of considered curious that they would never really touch that on. But I, I could understand how that might be a little like. Weird. They more played it off with um, like an alcoholic problem. Plus, um, you have to understand the actor. Well, it, it, it kept in line with the actor and everything. Uh, and they more, not so much in the first one. They, I think in the second one is where they really got into that. Interesting. Um, but but yeah, you, you know, you 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 touched on it, and you did bring it up. But if you push that boundaries further and just give the the production crew 
that leeway saying, okay, you don't have to limit yourself. You don't have to meet the MMPA's feelings of this is what a you know a family movie of up to PG-13 allows. Carte blanche. You, you know, tell the story and let the story be told. But in, again, let it be the story that needs to go there, not force the story to go to something that doesn't necessarily have to go there. And, and, I, and, I, and I agree with that. I think where, again, a lot of mature fans above these things are, how much oversight is the mouse going to, uh, is Disney going to give them in terms of, in terms of that? Because right now they've only given that to one film that that's going to be kind of the kind of the first Fox film that's going to be incorporated into the MCU banner that is rated R, and they've only given that one light to that. Um, again, because, you know, like you said, there, there's a lot of money not just having these characters on film, but eventually showing up in their theme parks. And, uh, like, how would you put Deadpool in the theme park when he's rated R and he's cursing the storm to your, like, five-year-old child? It's like little things that they worry about, about marketing-wise and stuff like that. Because, right. rated R films are not easy to market when you're trying to explain to a family that these rated R films are under the MCU banner. Well, you know what? Hold on. Let me let me pause you there. Okay. Because you're making it sound like this hasn't happened before. No, no, it, it hasn't. But here's the no, difference. but it has. Okay, explain. Um, the now um, the great movie ride. God rest its soul. You had a one of the rooms in it was from Alien. Alien uh, is that? rated R. Is that the X2 ride? No, this was um it was a uh, slow mobile cart people uh, okay. mover ride, but you put you in the Nosferatu, you had the alien coming down dripping acid on okay. The people dropping in. You saw Ridley there with her, her beefed up flamethrower gun. Mm-hmm. You know, peering around the corner, waiting for something to to it's speak funny. by. Which is funny now. Now, now it's a part of Disney. Back right. then. now, Alien is also part of the the Disney uh, Disney family. But I'm just saying there is now there is a presence. There were we've had rated our properties in the in the theme parks. In a theme park, in an appropriate theme park, because it's the Hollywood Studios. It does not belong in the Magic Kingdom. Again, yes. Um, Epcot, no. Disneyland, California, no. But is it something that you could integrate into Hollywood Studios if they had the rights to do it? Okay. Um, Universal still blocks them on that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a Universal. Yes, but if you if that's... you would, Eliminated that, um, would they bring Deadpool into the park if there was a a, a, um, a need for it? I mean, there there is a need. I mean, that's a that's just just as much as a popular character than anything that MCU's popped up. You know, um, I and you know what, I, they could do it. Um, in all honesty, just thinking about it, you you could bring Deadpool in, still keep it to the Deadpool character. But still, censor him enough to keep it in a family environment. You know, he doesn't need to be dropping an f bomb every other word. I agree. You could agree to that. You could just make him doing off-color situ. You know, off-color comments or off-color actions. Yeah, it's more the actions that define the character than the. The verbiage. I, I I agree with that, but again, I, I think where where these, and again, this is where it kind of gets a little tricky, and and how we again, it, it's all about how everything is packed. Like you said, it goes back to packaging, and it goes back to whole the family thing, where it's like, all right, here is a rated R character that's in the movies trying to be a lot more toned down. Like, and then I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. Family people can't tell the 
difference, but then they'll start questions like why is why is this rated R dude dropping f bombs in and in, in Disney? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it comes oh, yeah. a weird marketing situation and how do we put these characters in the same spot? Like okay, yeah, like now you have rated R characters under the MCU that's for the longest period period of time be pg-13 and again a lot of fans were worried that okay now that they're back that means that everything was going to be toned down to pg-13 i i knew and and, and i don't agree with that i think there, there, there still could be room but again you think about the bigger larger picture that concerns like it, what's going to take president uh, are we going to try to have to turn it down for marketing reasons for family sake reasons and stuff like that um, you know, like, because like, like, again, I think with a character like Deadpool, Deadpool has a little bit of flexibility because they actually have done it in cartoons where he can be a little, little rated R, but maybe you can tone it down for the parts. Punisher, on the other hand, you gotta go hardcore <laughs> with that. So where, where do you put certain characters? And even Iron. F- like Iron Fist, you can kind of do a little bit. Iron Fist, you can kind of tone down a little bit. Um, Daredevil to a certain point, but that wouldn't really work well. Where do you? Where does things line up in terms of these characters? I, again, that's still a lot that still needs to be discovered. Yeah, and and, for, and unfortunately, particularly in the Florida parks, um, with the the Universal Master Licensing Agreement still hanging over disney's head uh stanley was a brilliant brilliant creative person but a horrible businessman. um yeah he um they're not going to be given the opportunity to really flex and feel these things out guardians of the galaxy you know, is not part of that master license agreement. They're able to pull them in. That being said, uh, you look at the character of Peter Quill, and he dances that fine line of what is PG thirteen and what is possibly beyond that. Yeah. Um, with some, particularly in the first Guardians movie, um, with some of his actions and some of the things that they say, Guardians really walks that line. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. Um, and if you could get the demographic, and I, I won't name them, but the demographics that would have the biggest problem with that to accept them in the theme park. Mm-hmm. Then you can take you know those next steps to, okay, let's pull in um, a Punisher. But, and also let's keep in mind, there is multiple... Um, presentations of these characters that you could bring to life into your theme parks yeah. uh that you know the, you you have your grittier more adult versions that people know but then there's also that one that people just still see in their head of a more classic and older version of punisher that isn't there that people still accept um so you know like and logan's another one you know, you got Wolverine, where you you got the the guy in the yellow tights um, walking around and being snarly and and just kind of snarly and just like a grizzled old man. Or then you got the more newer version of of Wolverine that is more of this the slice and dice and um, not far off from Punisher in in some aspects. That you know, that's a little more raw. So, again, you know, you can bring in different, different variations. Um, you can even do like hard ticketed events uh, that would be more targeted to an older audience and bring these characters out, um, which is how they test run the uh, the Guardians to begin with. Yeah. They did a hard ticketed event at Epcot Studios. Hard, it was a hard ticketed event at the studios, um, where they actually had a meet and greet with Peter Quill and Gamora for the first time. Really well received, and next thing you know, oh, they're announcing a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. Yeah. 
And they did the one in California as an overlay for the Tower of Terror. So they stopped, could stop uh, paying Viacom for the, for that. And uh, keep it in-house so you now have the Guardians there. Very well received. Mm-hmm. And you, you haven't lost the character. You haven't lost who those characters are. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I think they, at this point in the company's um, life, they can they can start bringing in more mature type of characters in an appropriate way and, and just kind of the general thinking of the world um there's certain areas of the the country that is not acceptable and they won't have it there's other parts of the world that realize oh this is what the kids are watching now right? and a lot of times you have families watching along with them i remember Going back 10 years ago, uh, talking to a mother who was uh, watching The Walking Dead with her five-year-old son. Not saying that's normal, but... (laughs) It's it's a tricky balance that you have to meet because, again... You know, everything is based on your perception, your, your perception of, in, in your image. And, mm. you, you know, that's what Disney has built its reputation on, of being this magical family place. Oh, here comes Deadpool shooting people up. So you, like, kind of have to be... So, it, it, again, it's going to be very interesting in terms of, I guess, the marketing side. And the film side, I think you can... you can, I think... I, I, I have no issue with it. I think you can do... And to you, R-rated stuff, like you said, as long as it's within reason, that makes sense. And then if you want to do another Avengers film that brings that, they can step down and do PG-13 and still keep it. Because again, PG-13, uh, funny enough, P- like you can, you basically, it's almost like rated R, but minus like the blood, the gore, and, and some of the swearing stuff. You probably already give them one swear word throughout the film and stuff like that yeah it's like a count and then primarily it's the the blood and gore yeah. you don't show the blood you know you're... yeah but you could show like you could do those cutaways where it's it's um what's the word i'm trying to get it's uh Slaughter? no no it's uh emphasis emphasis i guess an emphasis it's uh oh um stir it, it just slipped out of my head um implied Implied. Thank you. Thank you. It's implied. Uh, like Mandalorian does it. Mandalorian does yeah. that a lot. Does it very well. So there is a way that you can kind of imply the violence in it. Um, which, again, which in another film uh, was Mahershala Ali. Speaking of that, he's going to be Blade. We haven't heard anything about Blade yet. But, but we all have to, but again, everybody's kind of worried about that because that was under New Line Cinema. Uh, and those blade films under Wesley Snipes were also rated R. So, you know... I that... think anything Wesley Snipes did, just because you put the name Wesley Snipes on it, you were required to make it an R-rated movie. Yeah. You, you just want to whoop ass. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, but at the end of the day... So, yeah, it's 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 going to... It's going to really see... It, it, really, it really is going to see how the reception of Deadpool on the MCU banner goes. Because yeah. I I think you do remember that I think uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds did release a PG thirteen version of Deadpool two uh, that was for a Christmas mm. special. I think was one of because I, I think one of the reasons why they did that was to show Disney that yes Deadpool can be PG thirteen if need be if need be, but that uh, it seems at the moment. That's not the case at the moment. We're going to see how well they handle uh, the other characters um, probably moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, we shall see. Um, but yeah, they have Ryan Reynolds still working on the movie. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it, it, they giving them a lot of people to work with. They are backing this movie. It's not something that, oh, okay, well... We know it's popular. We're just gonna we're gonna put out one, hopefully make some money, but kind of bury it. No, they're they're going at this, you know, full on. It, it's they're not 
cutting corners um, really to to make a Deadpool three. It it is being welcomed with open arms. Good. Um, and again, do I think there's going to be a little bit of an experiment in there? You know, are they going to be sitting there with bated breath and waiting to see what actually happens, what numbers roll in, what kind of backlash or lack thereof comes from it? Absolutely. But barring anything traumatic coming from it, or dramatic, they, um, I think it just will open up for us as the fans more opportunity to give the the level of storytelling that we've come to expect from the MCU, and just allow them to get, you know give us more. Yeah. And that's the hope. I think that's the hope uh, that they, that now uh, MCU can kind of expand expand their horizons and are able to still hey we can still tell good stories. Uh, that there's are, a and there's a lot of people that are hoping for the uh, for us the MCU zombie movies. That's a possibility. That's a very possibility. Although I think that might be covered in a what if. That yeah. was- mentioned in a situation like that so um speaking of uh, moving on to uh speaking on to other films uh they finally mentioned uh the spider-man film uh the new of uh, I, I i call it the home the homecoming saga in terms of spider-man <laughs> the home series the, yeah, the basically the home yeah the home, the home releases uh basically with the new title basically uh no way uh no way home right i think that's yeah the... um I, no way home and i'm very disappointed they didn't go with any of my ideas no. um homeschooled or uh, work from home but uh <laughs> yeah. no no way home um knowing with um uh, some of the stuff that well not knowing i, I don't know what's the actual storyline, but from the clues that we've been giving as far as casting, yeah, uh, and and stuff, this in where we left off at um, Far From Home, <laughs> I think we're in for a really great ride. Oh yeah. Um, the the unfortunate part was the tweet that uh, Tom Holland put out saying that this concludes his current contract. Now, but we've been in this situation before with Chris Helmsworth, Chris Evans, um, RDJ, that, you know, they exhausted their initial contract and here comes the truckload of money and, you know, come back for more. And he's young enough. I can't see them why they wouldn't want to bring him back. I think it's more just a matter of what is Sony willing to do with Marvel. Because yeah, I'd say because this is a little bit of more of a different situation. This is he's 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 uh, Tom Holland's character is under Sony, not under under DC and at, at Marvel at the moment. Right. Um, yeah, they they they're playing nice at the moment in allowing the character to to integrate, but Sony has released that they are working on their own little um, superhero. The universe bump and within the kind of the the pimple within the mcu in the face of the mcu there's a sony little pimple thing uh yeah, little, who, who came up with that acronym what sony what? pictures um was it sony pictures ultimate marvel or, or something like that it's spum it was a bad. I remember that. It was stupid. It was yeah. Really bad. Yeah, it was a bad. Whoever deserved that needed to be. I wouldn't call for people to be fired, but yeah, I think totally it needs to be demoted. But anyway, on on top of the bad television, uh, bad names. Yeah, I'm, I'm very kind of curious to see how that's all going to work out because even like it, this is attempt three at it, isn't it? Well, in terms of Spider Man, yes, but and. Now, in terms of uh, Sony trying to get a universe off the ground, that... no, they they tried this before, at least attempt two, because they tried this initially with the Amazing Spider-Man series. They were going to do the Sinister that, that, Six, that, that, and that, the... that's what that's what yeah that's that's what I'm trying. This was attempt two, 
So you could argue, but was was Homecoming? I guess you could say this is a temp three, but with some DC. This was a was a was a uh, was uh, uh, Marvel oversight uh, into that. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna see how that how that that relationship works in terms of how they use Spider Man bouncing between Disney and Sony. So that's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, we we have there's rumors of and yet to be seen because again it's another movie that I believe is finished filming and but we haven't that hasn't been released the Morbius movie that Tom Holland shows up in there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting and uh, yeah, you have Morbius. Well, it's already and we already know that uh, Kevin uh, uh, Michael Keaton Vulture. Makes an appearance um, in, in in Morbius, so that, that we we know that, and you know. Or the Venom too. One one of those that Holland supposedly is is got no, a. No, Holland Holland originally was supposed to appear in Venom, or was supposed to eventually be, begin the roadmap between those two coming mm. to blows. Mm-hmm. That was originally what was supposed to happen, and it was pulled out. I think it was pulled out very last minute in the script because of DC, because of uh, Disney in, in the whole situation and that. So, um, yeah, the uh, so yeah. Well, they're they're trying to thread this all together. I, I think there's another one that they they want to get working on. I forget which which villain. But yeah, they're they're trying to go somewhere else with that too. And so we we shall see. Um, we shall see. Uh, I I wish them luck because it just means more for Marvel. But. Yeah, I, I still don't know how I feel. I, now, granted, I have to admit, I never sat down and watched Venom. I've heard conflicting things on it. And one of these days, I will sit down and watch it. Because um, I'm just, I'm curious enough. But, uh, yeah, we, we shall we shall see what happens with that. But, yeah, I I, uh, I like the title. I, I like the title. I'm excited for December 15th. Um, and... I just think after particularly a year of nothing for Marvel, which was bizarre, because we've never since since it started, we really haven't had a year without Marvel. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of us all kind of getting our foot back into the waters of Marvel, and now we're just going to get bombarded with a ton of Marvel stuff. Yeah, in, in all kind of cramped up in one year, like so. It's going to be, it, it's going to be a great year in terms of entertainment, man. In terms of stuff that you're getting from from the Disney side of things. Speaking of which, I, I something else I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um. Loki, you know, got pushed back. It's now pushed back to I believe was it May now? June eleventh. It was supposed oh, to be still- in May. It was, yeah, it was going to be in May, coming on June 11th. I I wonder, and I've heard other people wonder this too, what's happening with Marvel in May? Uh, wasn't May supposed to be the Black Widow film? Black Widow's supposed to come out. In May, yeah. Now, you just cleared <laughs> your streaming calendar... From a, a slated project, you pushed it back a few weeks. And there you now have a a large enough gap that needs to be filled. I, I think what they're trying to do, I think and, and maybe I'm wrong, I think they they like the idea of having a television show this couple of months, then a slated film this month. Then another television show, then a slated film, then a television show. I think that's what they want to try to do. They want to kind of rotate that around. So I think, I think instead of having 
um, having a film and a television show slated on the same. They just kind of wanted to spread that out a little bit. Because, again, like I said, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to drop next month. Then I think March and then April. I think there's there's another Marvel property in April, right? No. No. Okay. So there's so basically it's kind of clear of everything. So okay, that's strange. April. Then May is that. That's actually quite interesting. That so they're gonna go. But then again, but then again, you have to believe that. Uh, well, Falcon Winter Soldier is gonna go through a little bit into April anyway. So that yeah. that takes up that whole yeah. So yeah. So it's right. So you got kind of, six episodes. So you you start in the middle of March. You go to the middle of April. Yep. And then you, you have, get that week or two off. Off, and then you have the movie. Then you have Black, the Black Widow drops movie. in theaters. Yep. But where I'm wondering where they're going, do you think Marvel is sitting there with their microscope, watching how Raya does next week, this weekend? Um, how that does, as far as the split market. And also someone else's movie that is going straight to digital in in March, uh, straight to streaming in March. I don't think it has that much of an effect. However, going back to the the Ray of the Dragon film, I think that's also another interesting thing. Because is is there another Disney property maybe coming out in April in that span of time? Because I I, I could see them not wanting to uh, uh, cannibalize each other. In terms of Disney properties competing against each other, I want to say yes, but I can't remember what. Okay, because if that's the case, then that could probably be the reason why you have those a bit of those switch those gaps between filmings and stuff like that. Yeah, I want to say yes. I don't remember what they have. I want to say they have something in April. But nothing is coming to the top of my head. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they got a fairly full calendar this year, trying to trying to pick up and um, really hitting the ground running and, and going full steam um, to get things back into into some sort of gear. Mm-hmm. Um, Luca comes out, but I think that's a summer release. Chanto's much later. Uh, yeah, I I don't. Mm, I don't remember what is April. Ah, we don't know what's April. Let's anyway. See. Yeah. Anyway, not that not that big of a deal. We'll probably, it's probably gonna pop up once it once it gets closer. Don't worry about it too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So uh, but. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking that as much as Marvel said they, they wouldn't do it, they've, they've come a little less vocal about that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Urea does decent enough that they may all of a sudden uh, give us the option to watch it from home, and also depending on the state of the world in theaters at that point, because you know you want to get this movie out, but you you still need eyeballs in one form or fashion to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's going to be released on Disney plus, which is going to be fine. I think it's $30 theatrically. I think you pay a $30. Uh, now again, it, uh, it's not the same situation. What happened with Mulan is once you pay $30, you get the film, uh, a part of it. Okay. Or if you yeah. don't want to pay $30, you just have to wait the 30. I assume you have to wait a month window and then it just comes naturally to your your subscription base. Correct. Yeah. Unlike where Soul, they just they just gifted it to us. Um, Mulan and now Rhea, it's you're paying for the early access to it to on Disney Plus, so you will get it X number of weeks ahead of everyone else who will get it month, month so, and a half, two months, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, because you'll you'll depending on where movie theaters are still available, that film will still be coming out in theaters. You're just getting early access to watch it at home. Mm-hmm. If you don't have options, along with other 
other streaming services that are doing that strategy. And which, depending on how many people you have in your family, yeah, it could be either a horrible or a wonderful deal. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, we're going to see. Well, we will see. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's quite a bit of stuff. Um, you have anything else you wanted to add or bring up? No, no, that's not all. Not at all. All right. I think uh, I think we shall hold off then and um, wait and with bated breath to see what happens this Friday with uh, with WandaVision. Uh-huh. And uh, where do we go from there? And then two weeks from there, we're back to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm definitely excited for that one. I'm very pumped for that one. And and to be honest, I'm actually really pumped for the entire uh, lineup of, of a lot of these shows. Because, uh, again, after, I think even after Loki, then it goes right into Miss Marvel. In yeah, the fall. They, just, they just finished wrapping on Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. rolling right into to She-Hulk. Um, yeah, and Miss Marvel, I'm, I'm very curious about that. I, I've grown a little affection for that character i i still know very little about her mm-hmm. but what i've been exposed to i just like her i yeah. i can't tell you what it is she's a very likable character i yeah I, I think she's gonna be a very fun character and and i'm also more very curious to see how the how, how the vg is gonna work <laughs> for her her being and stuff like that that's just, that's what i'm very more excited to see yeah yeah so uh, yeah, I, I um, it's a great time to be a Marvel fan. It really is. It really is. So we will talk again soon, Isaac. Thank you as always. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and gracing us with your knowledge. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you. We will see you soon. Thank you for joining us. So, what are you think, your thoughts of all these things that are going on with Marvel? Let us know. Join the conversation on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Our Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash Disney Marvel podcast. Join us on Instagram at Disney Marvel's podcast. Or on the Twitter at Disney Marvel's. You can also email the show with any of your answers or suggestions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message through the Anchor app and or website. Links to those are in the show notes. Or leave a voice message recorded on your phone and send it to us through the email. DisneyMarvels at gmail.com And hear yourself on the show. Thank you to Isaac for, as always for being on the show. Great to always have him on. Also, check out the new Disney Marvels blog. DisneyMarvels.blogspot.com keep things going on there too thank you for your time I, I always I always appreciate this time that we have together even if we haven't met I feel like we have a connection that that there is a friendship there's a kinship here you know, we have that connection through Disney that we may not have met but we're closer for for this connection I know how crazy life is and everything going on nowadays, and the fact that you spent some of that time with me really means a lot. Um, just please, I, as I always say, go out, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell the person at the grocery store. It may seem a little strange, but just let people know about the show. And this way, it keeps the the family, the friendship growing. You know, it just turns into a big Disney party. You could also go onto Apple Podcast. And leave a rating on there. And we'll, Apple will do the job for you. And we'll tell people about it. The more ratings that we get on Apple Podcasts. The more likely that they're going to share the show out. And right now. All five star ratings. Again. Truly, truly best. I, I 
still amazed by that. And I thank you, all of you who have gone on, spent, took the couple of minutes to go on and leave a rating. If you haven't yet, that's okay. Still time. Let's go do it now. Go do it now you have a free moment. Just go on, leave a rating. I really appreciate it, especially if it's a five-star one. Keep the, keep the streak going. In this way, it gets more people to join the Disney family. The bigger the family, the better. Won't believe it in a big family, so do I. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way, you always know when a new episode is posted. While you're at it, though, consider becoming a premium subscriber to help the show out. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support or find our Patreon page where you can help the show, keep the lights on, keep things going, keep the equipment fresh and new. Literally keep the lights on as what happened after this, during this episode. Because um, remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you and links to all this stuff again is in the show notes. Whatever you're facing out there, whatever difficulties, whatever struggles you are facing, whether it's affecting a group or it just feels like it's affecting you, you are not alone. You're, you're with friends. If you're listening to this show, you have a friend. And this friend believes in you. There is a light inside of you. Embrace it. Sometimes that light may be hard to find and sometimes it may be scary. But don't be afraid of it. The light will guide you. It will let people shine. It will let it shine for people to see how wonderful you are and how worth it you are. Never give up or never give in on yourself. Be your own hero. And go out there and do the great and wonderful things you are meant to do. I'd like to end this week's show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. People often often ask me, where do we find our stories about animals? And my answer is that nature herself writes them. The wonders of nature are endless. Sometimes we can recognize ourselves in animals. That's what makes them so interesting. Again, that's Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.